Well, as I mentioned already, February here at Journey Church has been declared as what we're calling Missions Month, Missions Month. And obviously, it's a month where our primary focus is going to be on missions. And here's what I want to do to kick off this whole month. I want to I share a word with you. I want to share a message, a sermon, whatever you want to call it, and a couple thoughts. And here's the title of this morning's message, and that is simply, we'll get there. I'm sorry. Help me. Help me. Don't be looking at these notes ahead of time. Shame on you. We're going to go back. Okay. I'm not sure what. Okay. Everybody say this, ask this question together. Why missions? Why missions? I don't know about you, but I'm a big fan of knowing why I'm going to do something. I'm not going to just do it to do it. I want to know why. How many people remember as a kid, your parents told you what to do? What was your first question? Why? And as parents, you're like, because I told you so. I'm here today to tell you I'm not here just to tell you so. We're going to go, more importantly, to see what God's Word has to say. It's not what Mike says so. That's not how we operate around here. It's what does God's Word say. So we're going to answer this question, why missions? And what we're going to do today is we're going to look at two verses found in the book of Mark. If you want to begin to open your Bible to Mark chapter 16. And this, these verses kind of really tell straight straight out, real clear why we are a church that gives to missions. But before we read these verses, I always think it's important that we lay some foundational work to make sure that we're taking these verses into the context in which they were originally given. And in this case, the context of these two verses that we're going to look at are super simple. And the first thing I want to say in context is we got to remember that Jesus Christ died on the cross. The whole reason why Jesus left heaven and came to earth is because he was on a mission to die on the cross. And the reason why Jesus died on the cross was for the payment of our sins. I want everybody to hear that nice and loud and clear. Jesus came to die on the cross for the payment of our sins. I remember years ago, we used to sing a church, a song in church, and the chorus went like this. Does anybody remember? It said, I owed a debt. I could not pay. Does anybody remember that song? And then the next line was, he paid a debt he did not owe. How many people are thankful that Jesus paid a debt he did not owe? Amen? Hey, the other day I was at Family Fresh early in the morning. There was only like a handful of us in the store. I bought three items that came up to like $8.42. I got in line behind this older lady. It was really cool. I got behind this older lady. Her bill was quite high, and she paid it in cash. She didn't have a card. She pulled out cash. And then the um, guy at the checkout put her through the line. He, he received the cash for the amount. And then there was some leftover cash. And he didn't give it back to her. He put it on his cash. He put it on the, on the, on the cash register. And I was like, what's going on here? So anyway, my bill came up to like 8, let's just say 842. And when I got ready to pay, he said this. He said, that lady that was just in front of you said to use this money to pay for your bill. And I was like, oh, isn't God good? Amen? Just some of those blessings that God pours out. So basically what she had given me had paid for like 98% of my bill. How many people know Jesus pays the whole price? He pays the price for all of our sins. Each and every person, the debt has been paid. So that's the whole deal behind this text. Jesus dies on the cross for our sins. 
We know that he's buried, he's put into a tomb. And then we're told that three days later, what happens, he raises from the dead. And I love what I heard a pastor years ago say. He said these words, Jesus' resurrection was God's way of saying, payment accepted. Payment accepted for the sins through my son, Jesus Christ. It's so good. Isn't it a great story? And after the resurrection, here's what happens. There's this gap of 40 days between the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, 40 days. And in that 40-day period, what happened is Jesus would go visit people. And actually, 1 Corinthians 15, I think it's verse 3 or 4, tells us that Jesus actually went and he appeared to more than 500 believers. So it's not just a few people saw him. The scriptures say that over 500 believers had this encounter with a resurrected Savior. Amazing. And in that group were the disciples. And right now we're dealing with 11 disciples because Judas is no longer with the disciples. Now there's only 11 disciples. And these are the words that Jesus is going to share with those 11 disciples just before his ascension. We're not... We don't know if it was like minutes away or hours or it could have been days, but these are the words that Jesus shared with his disciples, his last words. How many people understand that last words are words of impact? I don't know about you, but on my deathbed, I want the, the boys to come in, Heather come in. We're going to give some last words. Those are going to be probably words of great impact. Like, boys, you better take care of your mother, okay? If not, I'm coming back and I'm going to mess you up, Okay. So anyway, last words, I hope you all agree, last words are important. And that's what we're doing today is we're reading last words of Jesus to his disciples that, hey, fellas, there were gals, this is what it's all about. So let's read the text together, Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. And it says, remember, resurrected Jesus talking to the disciples, and then he told them, Go. I'm only going to have you do this one time today. Everybody say that word together. Go. That's a word that we need to etch in our minds that we have been told to go. And he tells us where to go. Go into all the world, not just certain places, but all the world. And here's the message. And preach the good news to everyone. Not just certain people that we like or look like us and have the same skin color or the same race or nationality, go to everyone. Let's look at the remainder of the verse, verse 16. This is where it gets real personal for all of us today. So here's the message, the good news, and he says, anyone, Jew, Gentile, us, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. I want to let you know, Baptism is not a right to salvation. Baptism is a way of showing a world, a watching world. It's a way to go public, a step of obedience to say, Lord, I believe in Jesus. And everyone who believes and is baptized, the result is you will be saved. You say, Mike, well, saved from what? You're going to be saved from your sins. You're going to be saved from the wrath, the condemnation that we deserve. We're going to be saved from that. Amen? Isn't that a great news this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But... Anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. So what Jesus is saying in that verse is every person that's ever lived from that point forward to even today, every person has a choice. Will we believe or will we refuse to believe? 
So these final words that Jesus shares with these disciples are the marching orders for everyone. I want to make sure that's clear. These are the marching orders for everyone who says yes to following Jesus. This just isn't for paid clergy or professional Christians. These are the words for every who has said yes, everyone who has said yes to Jesus. And I, I want to look at it a little closer this morning, and I want to go back, and he says, first, we are to, and this is the word I had you say, we are to go. We are to go. We are to go. I want you to get that. Go, 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 go. Get it in your mind. Get that etched in your mind, your heart. How many people have ever sat at a stoplight before? We all have sat at a stoplight. You sat at a red light. And how many people have ever been in a situation where the red light turns the green, and the car in front of you, I don't know what's going on in their world, but they're not paying attention, and they still remain to sit there. I just want to ask, how do you respond to that? That's a personal question. In my house, everybody's yelled, Dad, hit the horn! I'm like, no, blessed are the peacemakers. They shall inherit the earth, you know? They're like, Dad, you're too nice. I'm like, you don't know where some people are. They, that just might send them off, okay? But anyway, at a stoplight, it turns to green. Where are we at here anyway? We are to go. And that's what Jesus is saying. Hey, guys, it's time to go. Stop sitting around. It's time. The light has turned from red to green. It's time to go. And he says, he tells us where to go. He says, you are to go into the world, the world. And that word world in the Greek language, which is the original language in this text, there's the world. He says, go into that world. That's amazing. Go to the world. The Greek word for world is cosmos, K-O-S-M-O-S, cosmos, okay? Which not only refers to the heavens and the earth, which have been created by God, but it also includes the world of humanity, people, people. Go to all people around the world. I looked at it again this week, and I said, what's the population of the current world that we live we are now hovering at 7.9 billion people. Isn't that hard to believe? 7.9 billion people occupy this place called Earth, and they live on this Earth. I mean, it's amazing. And here's the command for believers. Commanders or believers are commanded to go to these people. Go to these people. Go, and you got to just stop waiting around. Let's go, Okay. Second, what I want to point out, we are to go into the world, and the message that we have been given is, it's really a very clear message. And the message is right here. The message that we are to go with is the good news, the good news. So I just want to erase all confusion today, and I want to answer this question, what is the good news? Is the good news, hey, life will be easy? Life will be comfortable. Life will be predictable with Jesus. No, that's not the good news. The good news is that we are to come and we are to proclaim the message of what? We are to proclaim the message of the cross. That's our responsibility as believers. We are to go and proclaim the message of cross. That's told to us in 1 Corinthians 1.17. And the message of the cross is that Jesus willingly... I want to make sure we heard that word correctly, willingly. His life wasn't taking like he was in no control. He was in 
total control of his destiny. And he willingly went to the cross. And the, the reason why he willingly went to the cross, and I'm saying it now for the second time today, the reason why he willingly went to the cross is because there was a payment that needed to be made for my sins, your sins, our sins, the sins of 7.9 billion people had to be paid for. And that's the good news that we preach is that Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, fully God, fully man, came to earth to die on the cross to pay the price for my sins. And we are forever grateful. So the command is go with the message of the good news. Go and tell people that Jesus Christ paid for their sins, that they don't have to live in bondage. They don't have to live in fear. They don't have to live with worry, but they can be set free. They can have peace with their creator because of what Jesus did on the cross by paying for their sins. Now it's a choice that every person who hears needs to make, and that is, will I accept or will I, what's the wording he uses here? Will I accept it or will I refuse to believe? That's every call of every person. Are we there this morning? Everybody say, we're there. So here's the deal, and this is a great question that maybe you can talk about in your small groups this week, and that is how. How can you and I go? Because we're commanded to go. Are you, is everybody convinced so far that you're commanded to go? Thank you, Dan. Is anybody else convinced that we are called to go? Amen. Okay. So how can we go? And this is where we're going to get very practical. This is where we're going to just put this thing into action, okay? First of all, we're all called. How can we go? Number one is this. How? Number one, start where you are. Start where you are. What I'm saying here is start in your relational world. Listen carefully to the words I've chosen here. Many, many people think that the only way to go, to do missions, their belief is you gotta get on a you gotta get on a bus. You gotta get on a train. You gotta get an air, you gotta get on an airplane. You gotta go somewhere. You gotta go on a trip. And I want to say this very clearly, so don't be offended. I want to say this very clearly. That is certainly one way to go. Does everybody hear that? That is certainly one way you can go. You can go on a missions trip. You can be called to missions. You can go on a short-term trip stateside, overseas. There's a lot of opportunities, but that's not the only way to go. Here's what I want to suggest for the people who attend Journey Church. And my suggestion is right here that we are people who live on mission. We live on mission. We need to understand that job that you have, that you do nine to five, 40 hours, 50 hours a week, that is not what defines your purpose. I'm sorry if that breaks your heart this morning. That's not what defines your purpose. Your purpose is we are called to be people to go. And we are called to be people who live a lifestyle that we're on mission right where God has placed us. Look at the words of Luke in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says these words, but you're going to receive power. He's talking to the disciples. This is Luke's, his, this is his, 
what's the word I'm looking for? This is his interpretation, okay. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. What does a witness do? It tells other people what they have seen or what they've heard. And you're gonna tell people about me everywhere. I want you guys to know that you're gonna go everywhere. But here he has this plan. He says, you're gonna start right here in Jerusalem. And what he's saying is, hey guys, I'm talking to you. We're in Jerusalem right now. And that's where you're gonna start this whole thing is by going into the city in which you live right now. But there's going to be a day, and it's going to be because of persecution that you're going to go to Judea. We could say maybe that would be Wisconsin for us. You're going to go into Samaria. That might be the United States for us. And then he concludes by saying you're going to go to the ends of the earth. And so what I want to encourage us today is, yes, if God calls you to go on a mission trip, I want to encourage you to to go. It will change your life. It will be so rewarding. It will be amazing. You'll see incredible things. But I want to just bring into clarity that we as a church need to understand that when we get up every morning, when we leave these doors this, this morning here in a few minutes, we're entering into our, our, our mission field. Amen? And your mission field may be as close as your children. Man, I give praise to God every day that Nolan and Grant are following Jesus. I'm like, God, if I never do a thing right, my boys turned out all right. I'm thankful for that. But it may be the people you sit in an office with or you go to school with or you're on a team with. We're all called to start where we are. And I want to encourage you, maybe a place to start would be praying for those people by serving those people. And maybe you're not, you don't feel confident in sharing. Hey, invite them to Journey Church. We would love to have those people at Journey Church. So here's what I've done. I went out and I got these business cards made, okay? And it says on that, you're invited to Journey Church. It tells what time, it tells our location. And I just want to encourage us to be people that begin to invite other people to church, Not so that we can feel good about ourselves and get bigger. No, because we want to tell more people the story. And that story is the story of Jesus that can change our lives forever. Amen? So I want to encourage you, start where you're at. Here's another thing you can do. How is number two is by sending those who have been called. There are people who have been called. We know those people. They're friends of ours. They've been called. God has put a call on their life the full-time occupational missions. And here's the deal. How many people know we can partner with those people? We can partner by sending them, making it easier for them. And I want to let you know that here at Journey Church, we just don't talk the talk when it comes to missions. We walk the walk. I want to let you know we are serious about this call to God. We're not just going to talk about it today and be done with it. We're going to walk the walk. For example, one example here at Journey Church, just want to let you know what's happening. Each and every month, Journey Church, right now where we're at currently, we give super duper close to $2,800 each month. $2,800 each month we give in the support of approximately 30 different missionaries. We play a part. We're saying we are supporting you. We are sending you. We see the call of God on your life, and we want to applaud you. We want to be there. We want to support you. And right now, Journey Church, 
Thank you guys for stepping up. I think it's so incredible. I want to let you know that every time you give to Journey Church, 10% of what you give goes directly to missions. It leaves this house, and it goes out to say, hey, God, you've called us as a church to give, and one of the ways we're going to give is we're going to put our money where our mouth is, and we're going to support missionaries because we believe there's still people who have not heard that Jesus died as the payment for their sins. God, we're going to partner with the best thing in the world, the best message we can be a part of. Yay, God, count us in. And I just want to thank you here at Journey Church. It was incredible this week. I don't know what happened, but there were $3 in the offering plate all week. I don't know what happened. I don't know if somebody found it and just shoved it in the offering plate. But I thought about that, $3. $3, 30 cents is going to leave this building. Why? Because we believe that we are called to go. And we're going to support the missionaries that have this call on their life. And we're going to say, hey, what can we do to help you? And I just want to applaud our church for being so faithful in our giving. Another way is we receive a faith promise, and we'll do that in a few weeks. What's that? That's above and beyond your giving, where you're saying, God, what would you have me to do? And people take radical steps of obedience, and they give. And I tell you what, it's so fun that we have more than enough to give, more than enough of our budget so we can give it to other projects. But we are true to our word that we are going to say, and we're going to, we're going to do what we say we're going to do. We're going to support missions. So I applaud you this morning. Number three, the third thing you can do is you can, number three, we can all pray, prayer, pray. Pray, God, that, Lord, you'll be with our missionaries. Pray, God, that you'll... Be with their families, protect them. Lord, pray, Lord, that you'll open doors of opportunity. Here's another prayer I encourage us to pray. It comes right out of the Bible. It's in Matthew chapter 9. I want to read a few verses. This is a great prayer that you can pray for missions. It says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and the villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Isn't Jesus awesome? When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused. Folks, I want to let you know there's a lot of confused people in our world, misguided people and helpless. He says this, Jesus said, they're like sheep without a shepherd. There's a lot of people just roaming around figuring, oh, what's the purpose of life? They're sheep without a shepherd. He says to his disciples, listen to what Jesus says to his disciples. He says, hey, the harvest is great. What's he saying there is he's saying there's a lot of people who still haven't heard the good news, who still haven't heard about Jesus. So he says the harvest is great, but here's the issue. The workers are few. Doesn't that seem to be always the problem? The workers are few. But look at what Jesus tells them. He says, so pray. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into the field. So I want to encourage us as a church, start where you're at. Believe that God has given you something much bigger than your job every day, and that is to share Jesus with other people. Number two, we're going to partner by sending people. We're going to give of our finances. We're going to give of our time. We're going to help them. But number three, we can pray, and we can all do that. All of us can do that. We can say, Lord, help. We need your help when it comes to 
sharing the good news, okay? So here's my concluding thought before we come to the communion this morning. I have one last question as we go to the table of the Lord. The question we started with, does anybody remember? The question is this, why missions? Why missions? I want to say why missions is simple, and that is because we're commanded to go. We are commanded to go into all the world, starting where we are and working out. We're commanded to go into all the world and share the good news. And here at Journey Church, we want to find ourselves in alignment with God. And we want to have the heart of God. And God's heart is people. 7.9 billion people, God has a heart that he's willing that none would perish. That all would come to a place of repentance because God so loved the world. He's not mad at the world. He's not angry with the world. He's not giving up on the world. He loves the world so much that he did what? He gave his one and only son, Jesus. Amen? That whoever would simply put their faith and belief in Christ, more than just in your head, but also in your heart, that whosoever would believeth in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And I believe that eternal life begins the moment you say yes to Jesus. It's not just the quantity of life that Jesus gives, it's a quality of life. It's both that he gives to people that say yes to him. And I want to encourage us, let's be people that partner together with the work of God. Let's be people that we put our treasure in things that are eternal. We put our lives in things that are eternal. Let's join together with the greatest thing in the world, and that's missions. God's heart for people. Amen? So, Lord, I come in prayer, and I thank you for the clear direction. There's no mystery to your direction. It's super-duper clear for all of us to understand. And, Lord, I, I just ask, God, that you would help us. Hey, gang, I'm going to be very honest with you. I read my research this week. When it comes to people who live this type of life, they say it's actually about 1% or 2% of people that go. Not here. Not now. We all want to be a part and say, God, I say yes to go. So Lord, help us to be a going church. Not just this church that when we're told to go, we're sitting at the stoplight, people are dying, and we're sitting at the stoplight while horns are beeping and lives are in turmoil. But Lord, help us to go and make a difference in the lives of others. In Jesus' name. And everyone said.